tonight on Rogue Padron. Give me a home where the bugadillos roam. Ugh. <laughs> Double teaming calamari. Kipter on, I guess. <laughs> and firewalk with Luke. That's a Twin Peaks joke because everybody, I haven't even seen Twin Peaks. <laughs> but that sounds like a good joke. But it's a, gr- it's a great joke. <laughs> Rogue Leader, all wings report in. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 9, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Wow, this is going to be a struggle. Hello, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to Season 21, Mission 2, Episode 166 of Rogue Padron. Tonight, we are continuing with the Jedi Academy Trilogy Book 1, Jedi Search, Chapters 5 through 8. But, for, but before we jump into that, here's a quick reminder of your hosts. If Ash, Rogue Nine, was a movie about saving the world from an alien invasion, they would be Avengers because every time they think they're free of the MCU's bullshit, they get pulled right back in. <laughs> I did an MCU marathon this weekend, so that's actually very apt. I love it. You're not wrong. Oh, right? that's beautiful. Every time I think I'm free, they pull me back in. They got you. They got your number. Saf, Rogue Seven, would be War of the Worlds because she's so good at writing, she'd be able to fool people to think it was actually happening and not just a made-up story. Fucking love that shit. So good. <laughs> so rude. And the recent adapt I guess it ha- it's not that recent, it was probably like 15 years ago, with mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, that one, pretty good. It was it's actually pretty, pretty good. Yeah. It's, a yeah, decent, it it's a decent alien invasion movie. Yeah. The the design of the alien ships is actually really cool and the sound design yeah. rocks. So. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time, I remember. That's good. That's good. Heath, Rogue 3, would be the Men in Black trilogy because yeah. it's a great slice of a real Americana. And also we can all see Heath being grumpy Tommy Lee Jones in like 10 to 20 years. That long? I'm being generous. <laughs> Confession, I've never seen a Men in Black movie. Well, whoa. I'm actually a little bit shocked by that. I, yeah. Now I have to. The only Men in Black movie I've seen is the new one with Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson in it. And it was a no. terrible movie, but it was nice to look at them for a while. So, Men in, <laughs> Men in Black 1 and Men in Black 3, great movies. I saw Men, Men in Black 1 again recently. Men in Black 2 movie. is not good. Men in Black 2 is fine, but it doesn't have the weight or the emotional impact that the first and third one does. And the new one sucks ass, is what I'm hearing. It's not good. It's not great. It's not, which is unfortunate because of it's. It's very beautiful, but it's not good. Yeah. You have something nice to look at for the majority of the movie, but (laughs) not a great movie. Other than that, not a great movie. What a waste. 
Danny, Rogue Six, who's still away at camp, would be District 9 because Danny would make us realize that the aliens are actually pretty chill and it's the humans who have been destructive and sucked all along. Hey, they're trying to teach us a lesson here. (laughs) Right. There's a lesson. I love that movie so much. I love that movie. It's It's so We we studied it for high school in one of my classes and it was the best. Oh, nice. Nice. And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would be Pacific Rim because I know the real dangers come from the sea, and we need to be careful. Hell yeah. We don't, we don't know what's down there. We I mean, the no ocean's currently on fire. The so ocean is like, currently Christ. on fire. A kaiju I just, I just, can absolutely come out of that. I just pictured, like, all five of us piloting a We Jager would all need to work together. Because yeah, it takes all five of us. <laughs> because we all share one collective brain <laughs> I can. So, like, normally only two people need to pilot. I feel like like I could either pilot one by myself, but you four (laughs) would like need me to pilot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, it wouldn't work if it was just. It need to be all five of us for dark. And it's shaped like an eggplant. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Instead of a sword, it just has a giant eggplant. Yeah. Things with. I love that. And a cowboy hat for some reason. So, uh, of course. Yeah, it's going to have a cowboy hat. It's <laughs> to have a cowboy hat. So, uh, speaking of cowboy hats for some reason, I have a question about what we're talking about. Is that a Dave Filoni joke? Ugh. <laughs> it might be. Um, so, Star Wars Visions. Woo! I don't know if y'all saw. But we got a little sneak peek at that uh, from yeah, Anime Expo, Anime I think. Expo. And I was curious if y'all had seen it and what your um, thoughts were of it, because I thought it was very cool. And I haven't gotten caught up on it yet, but I did see that uh, that one droid wearing like the 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 I don't know what kind of hat it is the the pointy grass hat thing mm-hmm. that they wear in like samurai films. Mm-hmm. I saw a droid wearing that, and I was like, "Hell yes, I'm in!" Um, and I needed to catch up on it. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those things. Like there were so many upcoming projects announced at whatever thing that was last year. Was that D23? Yes. Um, and I just oh, like... Mm, I think it was just a shareholder call, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was a shareholder call. Yeah. yeah. There was something where yeah, Kathleen Kennedy was up giving a presentation with graphics yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and they announced all that, like, yeah. Marvel and yeah. Star Wars stuff. Um, and there was just so much Star Wars stuff that I told myself, I, I can't think about any of this until it's time to think about it. So I had completely forgot about Visions, forgot what it even was, and then saw the tweet yesterday from the Star Wars account, like, oh, sneak peek at Visions. And I was like, all right, that's a thing. What is it? And sold. I'm so excited for it. Yeah, from what I've seen on Twitter, it looks really cool. Yeah. I am so excited for the idea of, like, Star Wars anthologies, where you can just kind of tell these interesting stories in the universe. And some people yesterday were ticking me off because is it canon? Like, they were oh my God. overly God. concerned about like the, if they nobody were canon cares, or not mate. just here like, nobody cares <laughs> it doesn't um, matter i feel like so one thing i really love is the animatrix which is like the animated anthology thing for the matrix oh, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. fucking good i feel like this is probably sitting Blade in Runner 2049 like... had a similar thing too mm-hmm. it does <laughs> There were several short films they made for 2049. <gasps> How did I not know that? I love so. them. Okay, I'm going to find those later. Anyways, um, Animatrix kind of sits in a place of like, it's ostensibly canon. There's nothing saying it isn't. Right. I feel like this is probably going to sit in the same place. Right. Yeah. Also, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't 
it doesn't matter. And also Star Wars should do more of this, of like telling creative people to make a Star Wars thing. Right. Use whatever characters you want, do whatever you want with them. Just make your Star Wars thing. Um, Like too many things that have been released since Disney bought Lucasfilm have felt like a direct tie-in to something that already exists. Mm -hmm. And this feels refreshing because it is not that at all. As far as we know. I definitely, there's there's a weird part of me that misses like legends when they did weird stuff like this (laughs) where they were like here's one about zombie (laughs) stormtroopers you know like that's not something you're right it's not something we get with the disney stuff it's all a tie-in and even if it has nothing to do with the upcoming movies like when like battlefront 2 came out right the game they had to find a way to tie it into the last jedi so they were like oh the ship that's in the last jedi you know that they get the plans for it because of the characters in battlefront 2 or whatever so it's yeah, I kind of miss just being like, here's this dumb, fun Star Wars thing. God, I think I was talking about that so the other I'm day. I'm very excited. The other day by, that, I mean, yesterday. I was just like, I just want Star Wars to be stupid and for us to have fun with it. Um, and it's like, as much as I love, like, Mandalorian, the parts of Mandalorian that really annoyed me is when it was trying to connect itself to literally <laughs> like, everything else. And I was like, just let it be its own thing. It's That's fine. The thing, like, the things that... <laughs> have at first seemed to not be connected to anything else or tying into anything else Ahsoka Tano shows up and suddenly mm-hmm. it is and I just kind of over that oh I'm so over that now yeah you get one season before Ahsoka Tano shows up yeah um she's uh, gonna show up in the bad batch I, I mean of course she's gonna show up in the bad batch I mean to be is. fair it makes sense that like it does make sense in the bad yeah. batch so I can't yeah. I can't blame them for it I still blame them. I mean, Rex has already shown up, right? Yeah, and I love him. Yeah, Rex has shown up, and I love him so much. Um, I don't know. I'm really excited. I love anime. We all know this. Yep. Uh, I am already tired of people talking about anime uh, (laughs) who know nothing (laughs) about anime in Japan. Um, uh, seriously, very, it's gonna be fucking hellish. It's gonna be insufferable. Um, yeah. and that's like the one. Part- Do you know how many complaints we're gonna have to deal with? With like the art style's just bad. No, your art style's <laughs> bad. Like, shut the fuck up. Um, but like, what I'm really excited about from um, you know, quite a few of these stories is that like they really got to weave in like Japanese culture into it which I think it's like about time considering how much like George Lucas borrowed right from samurai movies and like from Japan that like finally like Japanese people and creative teams get to tell a story in this universe um, right and like really own the parts of the culture that were like taken from them um, to be used in Star Wars Um, and like I'm familiar with like most of these studios and I'm just, it's going to be great. Like, like some like Japanese animation lately has been like some of the tip top, like even in, uh, even in like serial weekly anime that comes out, like some of the camera work and the direction has just been chef's kiss. And 
I think it's something we don't really see as much in Western animation. Oh, and no, so absolutely I'm, not. Unless, like, the only time you ever see that in Western animation is when they have, like, an episode where they'll have, like, a guest animator storyboarding or something. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, I'm just really excited that, like, hopefully they really get to show off and, like, they get the credit that, like, they deserve. Um, but, like... Make a question. Can you, like... Because you recognize some of the studios, could you, like, give us a heads up of which... what Like, what thing from the studios we might know of? Um, so, let me double check. Let me get the list of the studios. Um, I know for sure uh, Studio Trigger, um, they most recently released Primare. Uh, oh, I'm going to watch that soon. Yeah, Primare is stunning, like, animation. Just yeah, absolutely I've heard it's stunning. really good. Um, and, like, the main char- one of the main characters in Primare is a firefighter himbo. Um, <laughs> and what, actually, one of the things that I really like about Primare is that himbo, him and his futuristic firefighter, he takes on, like, his favorite thing is, like, firefighters firefighters from like ancient feudal japan and so like his attacks and his style are based on those firefighters which is really cool and like how you can weave in you know older cultural significant things into contemporary um into contemporary stories right uh so like definitely and they're doing two studio triggers doing two um stories uh one of them already fucking looks like the kid from Primare. Looks like the little blonde fire twink from Primare. <laughs> uh, it's great. Um, let me see. Let me see. Kamikaze Doga. Oh, yeah. So, like, Kamikaze Doga, which is doing one of the stories um they do jojo's bizarre adventure which is really popular right now yeah um they've done like city hunter so they've been around for quite a while and like they have a long they have like a really wide range of stuff because they also do like idol anime and stuff like that in addition to like jojo which is absolutely not that (laughs) (laughs) Jojo's so fucking weird. Uh, let's see, Gino Studio. Um, yeah, it's really. Oh yeah, Jojo Studio does Golden Kamui, um, which is a really great show. Uh, it also has a lot to do about Ainu people, which are indigenous, like Japanese, um, uh, people. Uh, so like it has. Again, like, I really appreciate, like, these studios that are no, that, like, have properties that bring in culture um, Mm. about Japan, about, like, real life Japan. Um, Let's see. Uh, That's kind of a newer studio. So, yeah, I didn't know Studio Colorido, um, but they did A Whisker Away, which is actually on Netflix in America, at least right now. I really don't watch it. It has a cute style. Yeah, it has a really cute style. Uh, so they've done that. They've only done like future length movies. Um, and as I said, Studio Trigger did Primare, which is on if y'all have HBO Max or you can find it on other vessels. We gotta turn our fucking listeners into waves. 
I think yeah. some of them already are. That's that's been my goal all along. No. <laughs> I was like, I think a good portion of them are already there. <laughs> I'm like not... slowly getting there, turns out. Yeah, um, it's great. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm so pleased. Uh yeah, so then uh Kinema Citrus, a lot of their stuff has been with like quite a few of their stuff is like kind of sci-fi. Um, and like future sci-fi stuff so like I think whatever story they're gonna do is gonna be pretty cool um like they've done some of the hack sign stuff uh oh they did Kuma Kuma Miko that wasn't a great show um, <laughs> <laughs> great art not a great show <laughs> can't all be winners they I can't, guess they can't all be winners and then let's see so science Saru is the other one that's doing two stories. Um, why? Why are they? Why are they good? Boop, 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 boop. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Studio Saru has done like Space Dandy, um, Devil oh. May Cry Baby. I've seen Space uh, Dandy. Yeah, J- Japan Sinks, which is was came on Netflix last year. Um, they've also done some work with like future with Adventure Time. Um, oh, Ride Your Wave and Lou Over the Wall, which are on Netflix for America. Uh, they're both about the ocean, so they're both great. Go watch those. <laughs> um, so yeah, that I can definitely say why that studio is the other one who is getting two of them including the tob one which i think is one of the droid ones uh and then production ig um is the last one (laughs) which does things popular things such as ghost in the shell um psychopath eden of the east and haikyuu i knew that was coming (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know only those only those little like independent you know very small yeah yeah anime, which haiku and ghost in the shell <laughs> yeah those those small things no they have been around since like the late 80s i mean if they um, make ghost in the shell yeah <laughs> yeah and so like for for like anime fans right for like old school anime fans yeah they've done ghost in the shell standalone complex who that 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 director slash writer is working on lord of the rings one of the lord of the rings prequels right um but they've done oh yeah blood plus uh triple x holic which used to be a clamp property um bunny drop uh kuroko's basketball new prince of oh god they've done so much anime uh ace of diamond (laughs) yeah i'm so (laughs) excited um Oh, also Foodie Cootie, FLCL, um, and a lot of the new ones. So they're they're really like current and like up to date. I'm actually really surprised they got the studio on board. Um, because like this is a real deal. They have this studio has two summer anime like coming out. Like they are churning out new stuff. Um, so I'm excited because like their anime is really beautiful to look at. Um in general especially with like action shots so ghost ghost in the shell standalone complex yeah. it's is still i i've seen that relatively recently and it is yeah. very good it's so uh good. i guess listeners if you 
haven't heard of any of these studios and you want to know what they kind of stuff they can do, go check out. Meg's just giving you a very good list. Meg's just giving you a bunch of recommendations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. A bunch. So, a bunch. <laughs> you know, yeah. DM me, at me, let's talk about anime. And speaking of not talking about anime, I guess we have to talk about... <laughs> Tried to say us for as long as we could. I know. I just want to talk about anime. <laughs> maybe we'll, maybe we'll be oh my god! About, maybe we'll be talking about visions as it comes out or something. Yeah. Who knows? Oh, yeah. We got to figure out a way to not gonna. We got to figure out a way to put pod there, but we'll figure it out when we get to it. Yeah, we're gonna do it. Don't worry. Okay. So Rogue pod leave hour. Oh, it's going to be so weeby. It's going to be so good. Okay, so Jedi Academy, Jedi Search, chapters 5 through 8. Um, some stuff happened in these. So, <laughs> 3PO and R2 are down in some shitty basement <laughs> looking through Imperial archives to give clues for Luke. And Luke checks in on them, and 3PO's glad that Luke doesn't look as haunted as he usually does. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I feel like that's when my friends see me, and I'm like, I don't know, had like three coffees and they're like, oh, you right. don't look quite as wanted as usual. And you're like, it's the caffeine. It's the caffeine <laughs> and the sugar. I think Luke <laughs> just has like depression, but none of his friends. <laughs> they don't know what depression <laughs> is. They don't know what mental <laughs> illness is. Accurate thing no. I've ever heard of Star Wars. Do, do antidepressants exist in Star Wars? Probably no. not. Bacta. They try to treat it with Bacta. They try to treat it with Bacta. They need to inject Bacta into the brain. Oh, God. Oh, ew. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to be ill. No. I, that made me viscerally feel bad when I said that. Yeah, it's They're just like, I don't know your brain. I don't know what your felt queasy there. Oh, yeah. The Rebellion God. doesn't have good mental health care. No, I they mean, don't have give they a shit. Even talk about an actual, like, psychologist or anything in Star Wars. No. Luke goes to the doctor because Mara harasses him about getting like an annual checkup and the, the doc like the, the first non-rebellion doctor he's ever been to is like, I think you might have clinical depression. And Luke's like, like I don't know what that means. No. <laughs> Luke's like, but I but I'm happy sometimes. And they're like, mm, that's not what that is. That's, that's <laughs> all that means. <laughs> so Luke is already leaving. He's going to Bespin and to an old outpost called El Shah to follow up on some Jedi leads and then just dips because dips before R2 and 3PO can say anything in response. They immediately look up El Shah and see that it's a very unstable place with earthquakes and geysers and volcanoes and all that. So Luke gets out of hyperspace and he's in one of those shuttles that has a hyperspace ring which is like cute but also i just i would be so worried all the time that something would happen to the hyperspace i would ring. be so worried about it like either losing it because like, i don't know rock bumps the it orbit yeah it's away like you really just baiting on this thing just hanging around yeah like that's in space in space, in space. you're, space you're is betting big. on something just hanging out in space and still being there when you get back just that's not how space works so El Shah was a gas harvesting place and the only livable planet in the system. But the close by moon is spiraling into a death plunge, which is causing a lot of the natural disasters on El Shah. Uh, I just really like the phrase death plunge. I think that's what I would name my band. It's very good. Definitely I don't name feel my like band I've death had a punk, like a punk band named that. I've played in a punk band. Yeah, it's good. Plunge, you know? It's good. 
The New Republic was supposed to help evacuate the planet like a couple years ago, but then Thrawn happened and they forgot. (laughs) The information that was brought back is what the Luke is interested in, that a woman named Ta-Anya was one of the original colonists and was a child of a Jedi. An illegitimate child, because no attachments, blah, blah, blah. Um, They also said that the current leader of the colonists, Gantoris, was able to sense impending earthquakes and do some miraculous things. And while Luke is skeptical, he still needs to follow every lead. So Luke lands his craft a fair distance away from the settlement, but on the way there, there's a bad earthquake and makes it, Luke also makes it through to a spot where two people are working on a collapsed entryway. Luke asks for Gintoris, but one of the dudes, Wharton, explains that a rock slide trapped two of the youngest who were hunting bug dillos. As you do. Which uh, are, I assume, just armadillo-sized pill bugs, is what I'm imagining. Uh, I was just thinking normal armadillos with a little bug antenna. No. I like that one more. No, it's like a whole, it's just a big, uh, just a big I hate, bug. I hate, I hate pill, pill bugs. bugs. <laughs> Gintoris stays with the rest of the settlement trying to dig the kids out. So Luke has Wharton lead him to where the rock slide is, and Luke sees the 30 people there with grim determination. One man with long, dark hair and a braid and eyebrows and eyelashes plucked from his face. Fucking bro. Is working twice as hard. He sees Luke, but returns to work because he doesn't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> Luke assumes that this is Gantoris. <laughs> sure, why not? <clears throat> How different it must be for Luke for people to be like, who the fuck is that guy? I don't give a shit. <laughs> Good on him. Right. And like him walking to the Senate chamber. Think about the different, the different, mm-hmm. different lives he leads. So Luke stands at the base of the crevasse and uses the force to move away the rock safely. A young girl is found badly injured, but the boy was already crushed. When Luke comes out of his trance, Gantoris is in front of him, pissed. Warden explains that Luke calmly walked out of the geyser field, even when all of the geysers had gone off. Luke introduces himself and says he's come to teach Gantoris how to use the force. Gantoris explains that he's dreamed of Luke, eyes emoji. He's dreamed of a dark man who offers him incredible secrets and then destroys him. I mean, who among us? (laughs) I have that dream often. (laughs) Gantoris knows that he is lost if he goes with Luke and calls him a demon. <laughs> Luke is like, hold on, wait, no. The crowd <laughs> gathers around them. All of their hurt focused on Luke because he's a stranger, small towns, man. Luke tells Gantoris that he's their guest slash prisoner and he wants to prove his intentions are good. Gantoris orders people to take the dark man and leads the way back to their village. Luke is incredibly, like, not a dark man. No! In no way is Luke a dark man! Boy's pale as fuck. Skywalker is not a dark man. No. No. Like, Like, people really just assume that Luke's out here wearing his fucking, like, almost, like, his his symbolic, like, dark side outfit. Right. No. Like, he's got other clothes he's wearing a fucking poncho like he is dramatic enough to like wear his like black 
Jabba's Palace ensemble with the hood up, I think, maybe. True. I feel like he'd wear that to the Senate chamber, but not necessarily when he's exploring. Like, like don't bust in somewhere looking like you're ready to fight. That's that how you get into fights. That's how you get into fights. That's how you get called Dark Man and, like, <laughs> get arrested. Even though you really could use some more sun. Right. Truly. <laughs> So in the next chapter, Leia's up in the middle of the night waiting for the call from the Cardian ambassador because time zones. Hashtag podcast problems. Ambassador Fergan is late on purpose, very curt with Leia, and when she brings up that they'll be holding a welcome reception, he reminds her that he's there on a pilgrimage to the Emperor's home, not to play nice with a fake government. And then he just winks out before Leia has anything except a headache. I hate this. I, uh, is he a Bothan? No, he's a human. Well, he's... Okay, but his name is Fur. Yeah, so the... And he's a dickhead, so I just kind of assume. You, we just assume that they're... They're not Bothans. They're not full humans. They're like humanoids. Oh, but yeah. Not, not a Bothan. Because if he was a Bothan, we'd just be like, oh, yeah. Of course he's yeah. like this. Leia would know better. This so, is like the tigress thing again, where I just see the fur in the name. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it must be <laughs> not a tiger. Tigress is not a tiger. He was I a boy. Her. I know her. <laughs> he's he's a tiger to me. He's a tiger in all of our hearts. Three <laughs> PO and R two are still working hard going through records. R two finally finds something. The name Timo repeatedly paired with interesting entries and 3po verifies that it's definitely something worth luke's attention since he isn't there they decide to let leia know in the morning in the morning leia is forcing herself to eat breakfast when she has an unexpected guest lando calrissian baby they talk about han briefly Lando pointing out that him not checking in is actually pretty unusual, but Leia forces away the concern as just Han reliving his glory days. Han, why be more worried about your husband? She needs to be more worried about her husband. Especially if Lando's like, I just like that Lando's like, him not calling you is actually pretty weird, Leia. It's weird though. <laughs> yeah. Like he's a wife guy. Leia. He's a wife. Lando's like he's a wife guy though. Like he's he's one hundred percent like. What he's is Leia doing? How can I make Leia happy? Weekend trip. He can't go five seconds without talking about you. Like it's weird that he's not calling. <laughs> right. It's weird. But Leia's being stubborn because she's not properly written in the EU. So. Yeah. <laughs> Lando is currently in between jobs slash schemes because he lost his mining operation in Naklon in a game of Sabak. Dude, just stop playing Sabak. Stop fucking playing Sabak. Lando's just really shitty at Sabak. Like, (laughs) if you keep losing all your shit, stop playing. God. Really, the 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 sad undercurrent of the EU is lando has just a terrible gambling addiction but everybody it's, else is like oh good old lando uh, your yeah. shit. it's like no someone get him help like someone please get this man help he knows that this is bad but he can't help himself like someone actually help him 
So Leia offers for them to reactivate his commission as a general, and he can go schmooze with politicians and wealthy backers. She just wants to fuck with the politicians and wealthy backers by throwing. I Lando think Leia's just like, I would like to introduce some chaos. And- right. <laughs> I'm grumpy. What can I do to make other people grumpy too? I know Lando. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 3PO and R2 arrive and explain why they flagged Timo. Apparently, he bets a lot at the Omgulian blob races. <laughs> the blob races! The Omgulian blob races. God, I love Star Wars. He yep. l- loses It's enough- a shame we haven't seen this in a film. Right. Yeah. What does a blob race look like? I would, is it, I would like to know. Is it fast? Is it slow? There's like, no it way like it's track? fast. There's no way it's fast. <laughs> it's blobs. It can't <laughs> be fast. Could be fast blobs. Imagine There's... fast blobs. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's like it's like fast zombies, but fast blobs. <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> um, so it's just a horse, but like a gelatinous horse, you know? <laughs> so like blue loops when it goes. <laughs> hang on. Hang, wait. Yeah. What? Do it again. Make that sound again. <laughs> it's, yeah, you sounded sound like a horse. You sounded legitimately like a horse made out of jello when you made that sound. <laughs> okay, wait, I just so love <laughs> They bloop. <laughs> bloop. <laughs> no, it's too accurate. It makes me deeply uncomfortable, but I love it so much. <laughs> that is literally the sound of a jello horse. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that I also like made horse riding things, but as like wobbly? Yeah, like Saf understood the assignment. I did. I always understand the assignment with horse. (laughs) 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 So Timo, uh, he loses enough of the smaller races to not draw attention to himself. But whenever he bets more than a hundred credits on something, he always wins. Definitely hinky. Maybe he's just really good at like probability. No. Maybe he's just okay. because I really he's a like jetty. I really oh, like jet- the idea of him being like just an idiot who gets really lucky. Uh that is, I mean, that's kind of how beating wins a lot of the time work. Like that's how beating works, is idiots who are just really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. So Leia suggests to Lando that someone needs to follow up on this lead, and who better than someone familiar with gambling dens? Stop enabling Lando Calrissian. Yeah, you're really just throwing him right into the deep end there. She's literally handing handing a drink to an alcoholic. Is what she's doing. Right, Leia, stop. (laughs) Ugh. So the next chapter, we go to Kessel. And there is a gratuitous bug-eating scene in case you did not understand that Morph Duel is a frogman. It literally just... Oh, God, I hated it so much. It's so bad. It was disgusting. It's so bad. And I like frogs. Like, this was still not necessary. Yeah, frogs are cool, but I don't like this frog. Mm-mm. So, Scarecrow tells Duel that the Falcon has been laundered and they'll add it to their navy on the garrison moon. And that they're also working on energy shield generators so that if slash when the New Republic comes, they'll be safe. Doubtful. 
Scarecrow is going to personally take Han and Chewie into the mines because if something goes wrong, he wants to shoot Han himself. Who among us? Uh, we are then going to skip discussing the next part because Duel's just a really bad person. Mm. <laughs> and we don't need to talk about that. Yep. So Scarecrow takes Han and Chewie through the asteroid and just makes them breathe very thin air for a little bit. So then they get uh, kind of high. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, they get kind of high, but then it gets to kind of bad to where like yeah. your vision starts to blur out and it's not the fun high. You lose conscious. That's the yeah. bad high. Yeah. Um, Han continues to antagonize him though, because that's all he has left. They're handed over to Boss Roke, who gets them fitted with suits, and they whew, on a minecart roller coaster into total blackness. Because Spice is light activated, it has to be mined in total darkness, and of course, only the guards are allowed infrared goggles. Of course. Someone climbs over the minecarts to sit behind Han and Chewie. He introduces himself as Kip Duron. I've heard that name. Yeah. He's a prisoner who's lived there. I hear it a whole there. lot more. <laughs> oh, no. Yep. He's a prisoner who's lived there basically his entire life. His parents were political prisoners, and his older brother was shipped off to Karita. We've heard that is... name before, right? Yeah, that's literally the place with the Imperial Academy that the Ambassador Fergin is from. Oh, yep. Yeah, literally two chapters ago. <laughs> yep, that explains. Look, I'm really bad at... No, I feel like I've heard it recently. It's yeah. something else, too. So. It is. Uh, it was confirmed canon. Well, it, it's been confirmed canon, but I think it was recently brought up in... Uh, Alphabet Squadron? Wasn't an alphabet squadron? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think it was in Victory's Price. They name dropped it at least. But anyway. Uh, it was in Twilight Company. It was mentioned oh, in Twilight Company. Okay. I was like, I know it was in a free book. Yeah. So it seems like Kip was forgotten by everyone and even during the revolt that they had. <laughs> That's fucking sad. <laughs> It's Do like, his parents just be like, uh, we'll leave him here. Right, this like 17 year old. like oh, He's dang. gonna be fine. <laughs> Han is a little suspicious of him. Seems sus. But still introduces him to him and Chewie and listens to Kip's explanation. He asks if the Empire has really fallen and when the group splits, he tells Han that he purposefully wanted to be on Han's team. He wants to know everything from the outside. The work detail lines up, holding onto each other in the darkness, and they're led to a rail. Chewie refuses to go and starts lashing out, unfortunately just injuring himself. Han says he'll go first, and he feels around to what he assumes is just a big old pole to slide down. Uh, he does it, not liking it, but Chewie has a good time. <laughs> I think Chewie, Chewie, the amount of times Chewie has been, like, enslaved by the Empire and, like, bounty hunt. Let Chewie rest. Let Chewie rest. Let Chewie Please. be free. Stop putting him in restraints. Let right. him go back to Kashyyyk. Please. His wife thinks he's been dead. <laughs> he hasn't seen his he wife has a child. So 
What about <laughs> Lumpa Raru? <laughs> I was I was looking at Chewie's Wikipedia. I was looking at Chewie's Wikipedia uh, entry yesterday because I was trying to figure out which book he actually dies in. Because every time I pick up a Legends book and Chewie turns up, I'm like, is this the one where Chewie dies? No, it's Victor um, Prime. It's Victor Prime, which I know now. Um, but I was reading through his history and I was like, I knew his kid's name was Lumpy, but I didn't know belong beyond that. And I was like, hey, flatmates. L- Chewie's kid's name is Lumpawarump, which gets changed to Lumpawarump when he gets older. <laughs> yep. Lumpawarump. Lump or a rump. <laughs> I love lump or a rump. Uh, so truly the only truly amazing Star Wars character. Truly lumpy. Lumpy. <laughs> so they finally arrive at the actual spice mining area. Kip explains that the glitter stem down here is fresh and fibrous. Ugh. The guard uses an acoustic disruptor to crumble the rock off the walls for them to sort through it. Kip shows Han and Chewie how to do it. Han is having a bit of a crisis, realizing that this is his life now. A glowing entity sweeps through the tunnel where they're working. They get called bogeys, and Kip has seen 15 of them in his life. It's kind of creepy that they have these glowing presences just hanging out. Yeah, it's. It feels like that should be a sign to not be doing this. Yeah, but the mind's the haunted. But the money. Gotta get that drugs. Gotta get that money. <laughs> the bogey spooks everybody, even the guard, who then packs them up to return. When they get back up to the top and to light, Han is surprised that Kip is just a teen. He reminds Han of the Luke he met in Moss Eisley, but wiser and tougher. Han is mad at everyone and also himself. Who among us? I love this this family man, Han. He's my favorite Han. I feel he's, like Han. He's such we, a good Han. I know I always say this. I feel like Han is the only one that any Legends writers actually give a shit about. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's yeah. the only one where I'm like, yeah, this feels in line with what I would expect of Han Solo. <laughs> Maybe they're all afraid of Harrison Ford. Like, what if they're all just, <laughs> yeah. like, so afraid of disrespecting Harrison Ford that they're like, we're gonna, we're gonna do justice to Han Solo. Yeah. No one cares there's, about like, later legend. There's, like, later legend stuff where he's, like, an asshole. But. <laughs> yeah. For the time being, we got a good Han. To get to right, that point. Right. So, back on Elo Shah, Luke is sitting in a small little shack that Gantoris gave him as lodging, slash a prison cell. He knows he can easily get back to his ship, but he's not returning unless Gantoris is coming with him. In the morning, Gantoris gets him so they can go hunting and foraging. Luke tries to plead with Gantoris about how he thinks that he's an ancestor of Ta'anya and how he wants Gantoris to be a Jedi Knight. Gantoris wants nothing to do with that, even though Luke promises to move the entire colony to the world that's safe. Gantoris leads them to a geyser and says they'll harvest down there and climbs down the rim. Luke follows, thinking this has to be a trick, that Gantoris is finding an innocuous way to leave him to die. Gantoris just wants him to harvest some lichen. Eventually... Cow lichen? (laughs) 
no not girl like it i had a dream last night as you this i dream last night that i saw a car go past and it had license plate jarrett and i was like oh it's a jarrett fan <laughs> i must be a big jarrett fan <laughs> well now i want to be any license plate that says jarrett yeah <laughs> oh my god i hope so Oh boy. Eventually Luke can't find Gantorus and has a bad feeling about the geyser. He then sees Gantorus scramble out of the geyser. I imagine like General Grievous kind of spidering up the wall <laughs> in the most <laughs> terrifying way possible. Um, and Luke continues to feel the pressure and the heat building up inside the geyser and he starts to climb but in the end he has to use a force jump to get out in time. Luke doesn't stay mad long. He did ask for Gantoris to test him after all and Gantoris says that he's passed the first test and now he has to face his last trial which like is two tests really that much tests. Um, I don't know. It felt like you should have at least one more test. There should be I feel three like three tests. is a good test number. Three is you the know? test number. Yeah, three is a good test number. So Gantoris brings him deep inside of a volcano. There's a river of lava, and Gantoris tells Luke that if he can walk across, then Luke can teach him whatever he wants. All right. A crowd gathers to watch on the other side of the bank. There is a pathway through the lava of basalt rock but it's still a very dangerous situation. Luke starts to make his way across, Gantoris now appearing on the other side with everybody else to watch. A lava bubble bursts and a fireworm pops out of the lava. Sure. Why not? I don't. There's just all varieties of worms. I don't like worms. I really don't like worms. I just They're too much like snakes. I like snakes. I just I don't like the worms. They kind of like weird fucked up snakes. Yeah, and like I just think that they're just gonna curl around me all the time. Worms like, are just, they do like to curl around things. Bah, no. And you don't feel that way about snakes who no. literally do that to people? No, I'm fine with snakes. <laughs> snakes aren't slimy. Yeah, and you could they have like faces. They have like real faces. You know like, where the front of it is. Worms don't have faces. You know the, they're you just can, you know where the front actually, of it you, is. You know where the true. front of you can know where the front of a worm is if you look <laughs> I'm not going to because I'm scared of them. Listen, worms are fine. They're good no. for the environment. They're good for fishing bait. Great. They can stay in the environment and, <laughs> not... <laughs> and not anywhere near me. Yeah. Like, I don't like it. Like, I don't. It's one of my rational fears is that, like, you know, after one, like a really hard rain and all the mm. worms come out on the sidewalk, like, I'm so afraid that I'm going to accidentally step too close to one and then it's going to wrap itself around my shoe. And I how know strong, it's not actually going to do that. How strong do you think worms I'm are, Meg? Terrified of it happening. So those are rational fears. It's like how I am, like, genuinely scared of swimming in video games. There's no reason for that. No, I'm so scared. And, like, I think maybe I just don't like stuff wrapping around my feet, but, like, especially worms. I don't like it. It's not good. It's not good. Yeah, I don't know why it's worms, because I'm fine with snakes. I'm fine with tentacles. Like, it's just worms that really freak me the fuck out. Fair enough. <laughs> worms and other bugs, bugs, bug creatures. Like, you get a fucking millipede out there. and I start, <laughs> Don't even, don't even I tell me about millipedes. Millipedes are, are immediately Centipedes are the crying. ones, centipedes centipedes are the ones are the... that'll, like, make you sick if they bite you. 
I'm, oh. They're still scary. It's scary. Yeah, it's almost this is, a millipede really... can't hurt you though. That's like, it hurts me inside. My it hurts me emotionally. <laughs> it doesn't have to be able to hurt me physically for me to like literally just. There's so much uh. of this conversation where it's like kid who grew up in the country. <laughs> hey, I grew up in the country, but I'm from the burbs. Okay, like we I don't like be any sitting of here being like millipedes are fine. <laughs> I've had one crawl on me before. They're cool. <laughs> they got too many legs. Too, too many legs. legs. Too many legs. <laughs> centipedes are the, sc- are the scary ones there's like, scary. The scary one. there was one time when i was sitting on the floor as a kid playing in my this was in my house and a, i lifted up a toy and a centipede was under it <laughs> you told that, like that anecdote in the uh attack of the clones uh commentary <laughs> because of the the centipedes that come in and kill Padme. they make the big thwomp sound when they hit the ground it was a very traumatizing experience yeah. meg <laughs> okay we're so close to being done we're so close <laughs> we need to get away from these bugs we just let me get away from these bugs uh so fireworm yes hmm. luke knows he can't get around the fireworm and he draws his lightsaber they fight i guess and eventually he's able to slash at the fireworm which causes its weird fire lungs to explode do worms have lungs the fireworms do apparently uh i don't need to know anything else about worms um so lava then rains down on luke naturally naturally the way that lava does and when it all settles he sees that the rest of the basalt steps across the river have been ruined in the subsequent battle but luke doesn't give up because luke is a jetty and this is only the beginning of his path to make a jetty academy he closes his eyes and walks across the rest of the lake, the force shielding him from harm. When he gets to the other side, Gantoris looks at him in awe and says he'll allow the dark man to teach him about the power inside of him. Well, we just had to fucking outdo Jesus, literally. Yeah. You walk across water, I'm going to walk across lava. I wish this was more of like a, like a spicy romance because like it could have been good. Could have been could have been good so then luke reaches with the force and touches gantoris's nub um which almost pushes luke back into the lava great uh and luke tells alexa to play vindicated because gantoris is force sensitive and all of that wasn't for nothing he takes gantoris's hand and says he'll find a new home for their people but first, they're going back to Coruscant. And that's where we are. That's yep. where we're in for this week. Yep. Luke got one jetty. One single jetty. Singular yeah. jetty. He went to one. He went to one planet. So one for one's pretty good. Yeah, that's not pretty good. Yeah. Not the worst. Yeah. Not too different from New Canon, where he currently has one jetty. One. Jetty. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he should have just stuck with that. <laughs> like, really focus on the one and get it right. Maybe he should just stick with one. Maybe they only like... taught one at a time for a reason, Luke. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, what you do is you teach one, then you take on a new one. It's, it's a but training the one you the taught, can also model. take on a new one. Yeah, it's like branching out constantly. 
It's a it's a multi level marketing. I was learning this against a parents game. <laughs> now I'm just thinking of like Luke teaching Grogu who still can't speak. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> I got a new baby. student Grogu and I need you to teach them and Grogu's just like, but do. Grogu's like, uh, baby stove can use the force to get soup. We'll do that. I will do that. Let's okay. I can teach you how to get soup. That's all I got. I can teach you how to steal cookies. Do you have right. cookies? <laughs> right. Yeah. All all of it is just. Oh, what if Luke tells Grogu that that's of the dark side? <laughs> Grogu's going dark. <laughs> Stealing cookies is of the dark side. Grogu, Grogu just puts a little hood up. Just. <laughs> and he's like i would like you to take me back to my father <laughs> and duel the fate starts playing maybe a lightsaber you know Luke's love... gonna, you know luke's Go gonna train that kid for like a week and then be like it's time for you to get your first lightsaber <laughs> i would love so much for Duel of the State, Duel of the Fates to start playing in random, just ridiculous Star Wars moments. Yeah. It's like baby Grogu, like, sneak into the kitchen to get cookies. <laughs> Duel of the Fates. Yeah, Duel of the Fates. Whew. Uh, speaking of Duel of the Fates, should we do listener questions? Yes. Last, not week, last time, it was a while ago, we asked... It was two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago. Who's the biggest wife guy in Star Wars? Mm-hmm. And we did I, not answer this question. I oh, did okay. actually think about this one. It's Chesna Chetik. Yes. Okay. Because once she's yeah. married to Quill, she will not shut the fuck up about it. She <laughs> shut the fuck up about Quill. You know that like incorrect quotes thing where it's like, you were really drunk last night. Uh, you were flirting with Quell, and then Chess is like, "Yeah, of course I was flirting with Quell. She's my wife." <laughs> you yeah. asked her if she was single, and then cried when she said she was. <laughs> That's that she was married. One hundred percent big Chess energy right there. Chess drunk off half a bottle of wine, like <laughs> crying because Quell is already married, <laughs> and everyone's just like, "Jesus Christ." <laughs> this Will's used to be back. like Will's in the back like seriously <laughs> Will was like I like this new chess yeah <laughs> this new chess is good new chess is great <laughs> so in tune with her feelings like he took all that weird cult energy and channeled it right into being a wife guy great right like, into being in love with Quell Chess's new cult is being in love with Erica Quell <laughs> oh that's so cute I'm gonna say um, Kanan because they were married. I think. Yeah, Kanan was a big wife guy. And you know what? You don't also you don't have to be married. You have to be, be married wife. to be wife guy. You, know? you can still but have like, wife guy energy. Kanan, absolute wife guy from the beginning. I mean, like My- from his first descriptions of her in a new dawn, dude was like wife guy instantly. Yeah, he was like, "That's her." Before She's he perfect. even knew what she looked like, he was like, "Wow, yeah. her voice is so pretty." <laughs> yeah, I can't judge him for that because I literally do that all the time. <laughs> Yeah, it's that John Mulaney gift, and that's my wife. That's my wife. <laughs> she just lands, and he's like, 
That's my wife. This one. He, like, grabs some random rebellion pilot, like, hey, hey, that's my wife. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what? Cool. Cool story. Uh, mine, is, mine is Kit Fisto. <laughs> Kit Fisto would always make sure his partner finishes first. And yeah. has every reason to, like, think highly of himself, but just, like, thinks the, like, his partner is just the world. Yeah. That's my answer. Yeah, that's a good answer. Vegas having emotions. Yes, Kit Fisto. <laughs> <laughs> All 13 of those head tails. What yeah. them head tails be doing? Um... Making sure his partner finishes first. <laughs> <laughs> Broke Meg. <laughs> yeah, Meg is Meg is officially broken. I think. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, you broke me. Um, okay, uh, and I think the biggest wife guy in Star Wars would be um, Oral Oral Quirk. Because, because, like, I just, I think he would choose his partner with, like, the utmost sincerity and, like, seriousness. And, like, the way that Gans, you know, kind of have that hierarchy on themselves, right? Like, I think Oral would just be, like, you can always use the I pronoun because he would just think that they're just the best, the best in the entire Aww. Right. Like he'll, he would never let them not use an I, like an I pronoun. Like it would never just be Gand um, or Quirg. Like. He would start calling himself Gand if he got to take the trash out for mm-hmm. his partner. Oh, and then they're just like, you don't <sighs> It's like, but you asked me to, and I didn't. And, and I didn't, just, so now I'm just Gan. Right, and Gan yeah. didn't, and I'm, Gan is so sorry. <laughs> just like, oral. Aww. Um, good answers, everyone. X-Wings in History said, Isolder might be the only wife guy in Star Wars that didn't use his feelings for his wife to justify mass murder. Unlike Anakin Skywalker and Jason Solo. Fair enough. Isildur is absolutely a wife guy. He's a oh, huge yeah. wife guy. He was so he, prepared to be a wife guy for Leia. He wanted to be a wife guy so bad. Yeah. It wasn't even really so his bad. fault. No. <laughs> if no. I remember correctly. No, no he has like to be. The... Like on Hapes, if you're not a wife guy, like it's he, he just unfortunately fell for Leia, who already had a wife guy. <laughs> Right. Yeah, That's can only have one at a time. Already, Otherwise, it's just awkward. I already have a wife, guys. A funny way of saying I'm married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to use that one day. I appreciate all the attention you're giving to me, and I could tell you'd be amazing to me, but I already have a wife, guy. I'm sorry, I already have a wife, guy. <laughs> like... Abby said, Bail Organa is the best wife, guy, and I will not hear anything that suggests otherwise. It's yeah. true. 
best dad, best wife guy. Tom the fanboy said, Klee Lars fell so hard in love with Shmi that he freed her from slavery, something her own son couldn't or wouldn't do, and then married her. Every other severed limb in the saga is lost due to hubris. Klee's leg was lost due to his love for his wife. It's true. I'm not going to say that this was wrong. Yeah. There However, is a bit of a power and balance there is, situation. There is a, a little very, bit, yeah. There is, it is a very difficult situation. Well, I freed you, so. Ownership. Uh, the ownership of a person and how really isn't marriage just modern day slavery? <laughs> so, wow, we're getting real deep here. I think, especially I prepared in, for this conversation today, <laughs> like on Tatooine. Like, uh, but anyway, <laughs> <Isn't marriage just laughs> is it not owner like many people use it as ownership? Of their partner. Well, uh, Bubba sh- should rename his ship the marriage one. <laughs> <laughs> yes! 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 Fenix just in the background, like, what the oh. fuck, dude? <laughs> yes. Marriage what the one. fuck happened to you? <laughs> Why have you done that, Fenix? Right. Well, I got married. Through <laughs> <laughs> the Sarlacc. <laughs> that's how I got out. We're married now. We're married now. Uh, Long distance. That's why I want to go like, to like, Sorry, I have to visit my partner. Fedex, like, sure, sorry. whatever, man. And then go out to the pit. <laughs> goes the He's like, I want to introduce you to my part. I want to introduce you to my spouse. The Sarlacc pit. The Sarlacc. And Boba's just like, uh, I'll be back in the morning, and then just climbs down into the. <laughs> <laughs> Or one it, of the tentacles just grabs him, puts him in the beak, and just like... It is the most rogue padron thing ever that a question about who's the best wife guy in Star Wars turned into us headcanoning Boba Fett marrying the Sarlacc. We are always... We, we are always... So, fun fact! Oh, um, God, yeah. There has been a comic out for a really long time. It was one it, like a like an art comic with no words or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Of... Boba Fett marrying the Sarlacc Pit. Um, really? It's a really beat great. To it. uh, let me see. How are we going to beat to this? I uh, I wrote a haiku poem about it, actually. Holy shit! <laughs> Do you write a haiku poem? <laughs> I, did. I, did. Cool, I love Star Wars so I'm much. a cool person. It's disturbing that the, this is not the first time a person or group of people has been like, what if Boba Fett married the Sarlacc? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> listen. Dun, 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 dun. Some dun, dun, some dun. things are just meant to be like that. Um, so I think I, I'll have to look for it, but we'll make sure to include it on the show. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it in the notes. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure we find it. Yeah. Um, Ross said, you joke about Anakin, but in some ways I feel like his inability to be a wife guy, to celebrate and share he and his wife's marriage this complete adoration of Padme's many talents with their loved ones and talk about their feelings to be forced to hide his wife guyness poisons both his marriage and his relationship with the, with the Jedi Order so sort of a meta answer 
Hmm. Like, sure, Anakin, yeah. no, Anakin honestly, wanted so badly to be a wife guy, but couldn't. Be. But couldn't, yeah. Having mm. to hide his wife guy, him being wife guy, really just fucking ruined him. Hmm. Okay, 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 yeah, okay. No, I, I, tr- I believe that. That's yeah. all right, honestly. Yeah. Dylan said 3PO. He's always talking about his partner, R2, and never fails to mention the little astromech when introducing himself. It's I was true. gonna, I was gonna say three PO until I saw Dylan do it. I was like, I can think of something else because that is just it's such a good answer. It's so true. It's true. Three PO is a huge wife guy. Three PO is the biggest wife guy. Odie said, "Corn Horn." He became a Jedi to get his wife back from a kidnapper. Corn Horn wants to be a wife guy, but he's Corn Horn great took yeah. eight years to get his wife back. <laughs> like. Yeah, I think I think Corrin really wants to be a wife guy. He just doesn't really know how to be a wife he want, guy. He wants to be a wife guy, but he's a dad guy. Yeah. He's a dad guy. He's yeah. a dad guy. Like, what's he... He doesn't <sighs> quite know how to do this. Yeah. yeah. Poor me. Finally... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dinner leader said, Tycho Selchu was Winter's wife guy and Wedge's wife guy. Eminently supportive of two people far smarter and more talented than him, which is saying something as Tycho is very smart and talented, nonstop for 40 plus years. That's true. I love that. Yeah. You can be a wife guy for your friends. I mean, they were also lovers. That's true, yeah. (laughs) Let's let's be real. Let's be real about this. Let's be real. Yeah. Let's be real. I'm going to give my... I'm so torn. I'm give my body to Dylan because the 3PO answer is good. It's very good. They I'm are gay. Give, I'm gonna give mine to uh, to Ross. I like the meta yeah, answer of it I, all. I like mm. that answer a lot. Uh, mine, of course, has to go to Abby because we love Bill Organa. We love President Santos. <laughs> we do. We do. Like, we love and support like, I, Bail I thought, on this podcast. I thought I would get a glistening Bodhi from you for my Kit Fisto answer. Oh, I totally forgot that we can do that for. Yeah, we have the power. Um, Doesn't happen often, but we have that power. Yeah, no, Heath, you get a very large glistening Tycho uh, for that answer. Mm. Nice. How large? Like at least one quarter scale. All right. Yeah. That's pretty, it's pretty sizable. Nice. Yeah. Uh, this week we're asking you a question. Uh, <laughs> oh god, we keep forgetting to do this. What uh, what you what Star Wars creature would you like to see uh, in its gelatinous form? <laughs> yes. yes. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's a great one. It's a great Rogue Padron question. What? And I hate that about us. Just, I'm just writing it down for posterity's uh-huh. sake. What 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 Star Wars creature would you like to see jellofied? <laughs> what Star Wars creature would you like to see in its gelatinous form? I definitely need a week to think about this. Yeah, I really need to think about that because right now I can't think of any jello. Creature. Yeah, I don't want any of the jello <laughs> currently, uh, but I will give an, a good answer. <laughs> If if uh, any of them are good enough, I will try and can, make it sound for them. Here's a clarifying question. Can it be like any alien species or does it have to be a creature? Sure, why not? I can think it can be any, any non-human anything. species. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you can't pick a hut. They're already gelatinous. Yeah, they're already gelatinous. Yeah. 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 It has to be something that isn't currently gelatinous. It's got to be something that has bones. <laughs> I think hunts have bones, <laughs> here, here we Here we go again. <laughs> Welcome to Rogue Padron. Welcome Meg, to Rogue end Padron. the show. End the show. Wait, no, it's me. I have to end the show. We, Why we welcome to, to Rogue Padron, where there's a 69% chance of us talking about bones on any to, given episode. We have, we have to talk about this. So, <laughs> All right, listeners, hit us so, up on no. Twitter. <laughs> what? But the bones. has bones. It's has like, bones. It definitely has bones. It has to have bones. Yeah, there? but it's also oh, yeah, the arms and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's got it has arms. It sits upright. He's got opposable thumbs. It's muscle. <laughs> <laughs> mm. no, I don't like the bones. thought that hats have bones. So we move. They have bones. They absolutely have bones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, hit us up. On Twitter with the answers to this week's listener question, which is not about bones, it's about jello. Uh, at Roguepodron. <laughs> Our email is roguepodron at gmail.com. Our website is roguepodron.com. You can find us on your favorite podcatchers, whatever. <laughs> You're listening to us already, so you know where to find us, I assume. Um, if you want to know more about how to get more skeletons inside of your body, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash roguepodron. <laughs> and Leave us a review on iTunes, please. It's very kind of you to do, and we do very much appreciate it. And I do, I will do a stupid voice for you if you request it. Meg looks very distressed now. Sorry, Meg. If you want to get more skeletons inside, <laughs> in you, body, <laughs> yeah, more you skeletons know. inside, you know, backup skeletons in case you need them. goodbye <laughs> uh, so uh thankfully i have the power to end the call uh so next time jedi academy trilogy book one jedi search chapters nine through eleven and with that this is rogue padron signing off pash out that's the sound of a gelatinous <laughs> gelatinous <laughs> pew yeah. Seth, Seth can you do the gelatinous horse again uh, see what I remember how to what did I, what did I even do it was like, <laughs> blue, blue. No, I, I had it was close yeah it needed a little more gelatinous you were a little too hard <laughs>